All right, on this episode of the LPDS, we give a brief update on what's now called Operation Gatekeeper's Gambit. We have um, a somber message in the junction and a little, a little frustrating, but mostly somber and hopefully a lesson to all the people out there. Get into some current events. And of course, a good quality cage fact, as usual. All that's coming up right now. All right, Jabronis, we're back. Welcome back to Libretti Podcast Diary Show. I'm your host, Libretti. It's the show that talks about nothing and finds the lessons in everything and has a good time and shares a few laughs doing it. Don't forget to like and subscribe and follow and tell your friends and enemies and call that hotline 202-670-1114. And today on recording day, I am in absolute shambles with the allergies shambles i had an incredible week of very very mild allergy reactions and symptoms and today for whatever reason i'm right back to ground zero no pun intended that was wrong 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 phrase i'm right back to square one ground zero you idiot have some respect i am sneezing I'm snotting everywhere. My eyes are watering with any amount of light. So if you're in YouTube land and you see this ridiculous getup that I got going on with the glasses, that's what it is. My eyes are watering. I, I'm keeping them closed most of the time because these peepers, I don't know if you can see, these peepers are in shambles. And now my eyes are watering just for taking the glasses off and looking at the light. Ah, damn it. So... I don't know what it is. I have to go to a doctor. I have to go to an allergist, whatever they're called, a GP, and get this figured out once and for all. I need a medic, a combat medic, because we are at war. Okay? I don't know if any of you are new to this show, but if you are, go back to the last episode. Go back to two, three, four episodes before on the road to war, the break of war, and you'll you'll know that we are currently at war here in the LPDS. Okay, we are in conflict. So I need a combat medic to help me out. I got my little snot rag here. You can see in YouTube land, I've been wiping my nose like a disgusting pig because I don't have enough tissues and paper towels and stuff around. It just keeps flowing out like a waterfall. Look at my schnoz, folks. This thing is fierce. This is a a top 10 all-time big pronounced giant schnoz in the Libretti gang. Okay? So when when you have these these allergic fits, these episodes, it's it's fierce. It comes in droves. It's debilitating. It's uh I don't I don't know any other way to describe it as annoyingly debilitating because I can fully function and do everything. But then at the end of the day, I can't. I can't go to the gym. I'm going to try to go to the gym after recording this. Maybe I'll help myself with some drugs and get better so I could go work out and, and, and knock off uh, the big three a little bit. But you go to the gym. Hello. I just, I just slammed the mic in my face. Slammed it. Damn it. I don't know if you heard that or not, but that's what whatever that sound that you might have heard, that's what it was going into my my chin. But if I go to the gym, I'm snotting. I had to put one time, not not this week, well, the week prior, I had to put towels, napkins in my schnoz, in my nostrils, because every time I went to bend down to grab a weight, waterfall. So can't go outside and mow the lawn and do landscaping work because that's where the that's where the enemy is. 
That's where the allergies are, the pollen and the what have yous. So I got to figure it out. I'm still here, though. It's going to be a disgusting episode. Hopefully you don't hear me sniffling and I'll cut sneezes and stuff out of it if I do sneeze. Uh, so I apologize up front, but that's what we're dealing with. Today is just a bad day. It's bad timing. That's all. And we're going to get through it. We're not going to not continue the LPDS over allergies. That's ridiculous. So we'll get a medic set up. This beard, by the way, it's got to go. Okay, I, I'm gonna. I'll probably go stubble with it, so I don't have to fully shave every day because I don't like doing that. But this beard has got to go. It's nothing but problems in the allergy game. Randy, stop, stop licking. All right. I love you, but stop licking. So the beer's got to go. It's when you have a waterfall on your face, everything gets stuck in the mustache and the beard, and you can't wipe anything out. It's terrible. It's It makes things so much worse. So I got to do something about it. It's got to go. I don't care if people think it looks good or not. It's It's going. By the time this episode comes out and you're watching this, I will likely have stubble, stubbed up. Hopefully that'll help a little bit. And then I, I, I figure something else out to do. Get some drugs, get some steroids injected in me. Something's got to give. I What I'm not doing, though, is I'm not taking my old man's advice here on this one. And he told me to wear a mask everywhere I go outside. I barely wore a mask during COVID because... I still had to work, and I still had to go into buildings that required masks, so I played ball there so I wouldn't get kicked out because I had to do my job for Uncle Sam. All right. Otherwise, I wasn't going to I wasn't, wasn't gonna wear a mask. And you could call me evil, bad person, whatever. Masks were stupid. In my opinion, masks were useless in that whole thing, and I, I'm not wearing a mask now. For allergies, no, not wearing a mask. I'm not going outside in public wearing one of those masks that's shaped like the cone. I already look like that. Look in my nose. I look like a cone. I am what happens to the characters in Beetlejuice when he turns them into noses. I am a living sneeze from Puff the Magic Dragon. I am Christopher Moltisanti from The Sopranos. I don't need to put on a cone to make it look even more cartoonish and buffoonish than I already do look for something to not really actually work at all. Sorry, old man. Sorry, JPL3. I know you care, and it probably would help, but it's not going to help. I'm not doing it. So I'll go to a doctor. I'll get this fixed. And we'll get back in the fight. Okay? Just hit me with a little bit of little something, and get me back in the trenches where I belong. Back back in home base. That's where I need to be, with my brothers in arms, where I thrive, in the trenches of war. Speaking of war, we got a little update. We got an operation name. Operation Gatekeeper's Gambit. This is from the Wet Cat. Great name. I got a lot of good suggestions from people, uh, but this was the best one. So we're going with that. Sounds cool. It sounds uh, mysterious. And um, there's a level of like intrigue involved in it. That's what the creature told me. So he liked it too. And that's what we're going with. Um, here is the update so far. I reached out to the managing or the directing manager of the property managing company to inform him what was going to be happening. And like I said, I have nothing to hide. There's no trickery here. I don't need to flank and, and, and do any secret maneuvering here. I have that stuff available to me. I'm not stupid. But I don't have to. So I, can, I, I have one... If there is a real percentage... If this was a real percentage, 
this is how confident I am. I have 1 billion percent confidence that I will win in some way, shape, or form. So I have nothing to hide. And I've heard people tell me, oh, you shouldn't be bitching about this on the podcast, even though it's, you know, you're just joking. It could be, they could use it against you. Use what against me for what? These people broke the law, and when they were called out for it, they lied and said that they were not breaking the law and allowed to do it. The lady didn't tell her boss, and I'll get into that in the update, what was going on, and now we're going after them. Nothing to hide, folks. Use that against me, lady. Use that against me in a court of law. I dare you. I'll bring the episodes in for you. I'll bring it in. And we can listen to it together as long as you promise to like and subscribe and tell your friends and enemies about it after. And maybe comment if you were actually entertained. Because I know you will be. At least your boss will probably laugh a little, realizing how stupid of a, of a buffoon of an employee you are. So I call this guy up and I let him know what the deal is and what's going on. And the first thing he said to me, the first thing he said to me was, yeah, we're not allowed to do that. No shit, fella. No shit. Thank you for validating that. Now that you know, not only... Did you have an employee doing this under the auspices of your company who didn't tell you she was doing this? You have a, uh, a on record, on file, a law-breaking situation. Because not only did she admit to it in our first conversation, he also verified that this is not legal. So, that's... That's where we were at with the phone call. Now, what he said he was going to do, and this is later in the week, just before I was recording. So, mind you, um, there's no, you know, nothing has been completed yet because it took forever to get somebody on the phone to actually answer the call. The lady has yet to return my call, and I'm calling her still. I'm still calling. She has not answered the phone or anything like that. I don't know if she's afraid. I don't know if she's been instructed not to not to talk to me. Whatever. But what he said he would do is he would look at the photos of the damage that I sent to him. He would assess, and then he would come back to me with his initial offer, I, I believe, because he doesn't want to go to court. And he also stated that he knows... If we go to court, he will lose. So I'm giving him the time to assess the damage, go out to the property and check it out on the outside, see what's up, and we'll see what happens. I'm I'm hoping he just decides to cut a check for the repairs. A, uh, a a a decent check, and then reiterates and can reconfirms that I'm still going to be using that gate to go to the gym. I'm hoping it just ends there. But what I'm prepared for is either a option A, a low ball offer, like here's fifty dollars. The gate works, so you don't need anything else but to remove screws and stuff. Or B, yeah, the gate works. There's no boards on there. We're not going to do it again. Go screw. So I'm prepared for both of those options. I don't think they're going to get there. I I don't know why I don't think that. I didn't think this stupid lady was going to go and try to close my gate permanently for a third time in a devious manner. So... I am really still hoping that this guy who seems to have a, a better head on his shoulders, who also stated out loud he knows what was done was illegal, 
and he does also does not want to go to court because he will lose and lose more in court. I'm hoping he does the right thing and he gives me an offer I can't refuse. And that offer has to be at a minimum a sizable check for the repairs of the gate if they don't want to repair it themselves. I prefer the check so I could get it done because my guys are better. I have a guy, and he's very good at what he does when it comes to gate repairing for gatery. And I want a reconfirmation that I will still be using this gate. And this will not be trespassing because I will I am not trespassing. If I am trespassing going to the gym, then you have to arrest everybody who uses any storefront in that strip mall for the same thing every single time they do it. And that you're not going to do that because it's that's not trespassing. Not to mention the fact that you have on a regular basis the same group of guys living in that parking lot dealing drugs, giving out weird haircuts for cash, playing dice in the parking lot, right there in the middle of the parking lot. Sorry, I had a sneezing fit. I had a, I had a pause of video, and we're back at it now. So you got guys in the parking lot doing all sorts of explicitly illegal stuff in broad daylight. They're not bothering anybody. They're not coming after people actually going to use the storefronts and stuff. In fact, a couple of them said hi to me on a regular basis when I, when I see them. So it's, I don't care. But once again, if you're going to try to nail me for trespassing or even claim that as a counterclaim in court, then um, everybody's going down. Everybody's going down. And I'm sure there's going to be still people that are going to push back to me and said, you're still being too nice. Just take their asses to court. But I can... If I don't have to go to court, I'm not going to court. I'll just take the cash and the gate access. That's all I need. And I thought about this too. Emotionally, I want this lady fired and embarrassed. But realistically, all I want is this lady to be held accountable. I'd like an apology from her. I'd love to get that. Not in writing, in person. I want to hear her and see her apologize. Even a Zoom call. I'll take a Zoom call. I don't care. I want her to be held accountable appropriately. Okay? And I know this is, a, you know, nail her, get rid of her. I don't give a crap. I'm petty, whatever. That's good. Okay? That's fine. You could do that. Whatever. I'm not judging you. I've been petty before. I'll probably be petty again. Don't forget, I wanted to put booby traps out there. So, I, I've i dabbled in petty. I'm, you know, no judgment here on that. But I also know this lady is stupid. Okay? And I, I'm not a smart man myself. But I'm smarter than her. And I'm a little bit more aware than her. And I have empathy. I just feel bad for people who have to live being stupid like that. And I can't imagine how much trouble she's gotten herself into or how much worse her life is now because of how stupid she is and all the dumb decisions she's made and all the dumb things she said throughout her life without any learning, growing, and improving going on. That's no way to live. And you don't even know. You're so dumb, you don't even realize it. That's no way to live. And she's not going to comprehend if you just can her. She's not going to comprehend why. Because she's stupid. Now, again, there's going to be the argument of who cares? Not your problem. She she screwed up. She's the idiot. It's on her. Like I said, I want her to be held accountable appropriately. 
So if I'm going to put my spearhead leadership hat on for a little bit, I need to know more about this stupid lady, her her career at this company, how the good work she's done or the bad work she's done, what her history is. Has she been reprimanded before? Has she had any run-ins like this before? Is this the first time she's ever done something like this where she's acting on behalf of the company without telling the company leadership? I don't know the situation here, but from an outside leadership perspective, you have to take these factors into account when you're holding somebody accountable. Unless she did something terrible like a like harassing, touching, some one of the zero tolerance how you doings, then you ha then then it's subjective. I'm sorry for the people who want blood, but it is subjective. And I'm okay with all this, by the way. I would, I'm going to win, okay? I'm going to get the money I need, and I'm going to get the access I need and deserve and rightfully already should have had, and everything's going to be hunky-dory. Whether it happens the right way by them just giving me the money or cutting me a check, shaking my hand, giving me that apology, holding her accountable and walking away, or we do it in court, and then we'll spill blood, okay? Because in a court of law, that's it. That's the last straw, okay? Then we'll spill blood. But I don't need to. I'm a billion percent in the right here. A billion percent. So it, it just eases, it eases, uh, eases the tension, baby. I don't need to worry about it anymore. We're going to crush them if we go to court. Not even a question. The only question is the pain in the ass dealing with the upfront costs and fees while we're, while we're kicking their proverbial heads in in a court of law. That's all. And we'll figure it out. We'll get it back on the back end. Not too worried about it. I'm sure I can have some, uh, I'll have some backing to help me out here. I'm not worried about it. There will be blood shed if we go to court. But I'm just I'm just too confident and I know another sneezing fit, sorry folks. I know I'm in the right. So whatever. And that's the update. All right. Stay tuned for more. Maybe. We'll see what happens. I'd like to be able to put out the victory announcement very soon. The press conference. I'd like to be able to have that press conference. But we'll see. Anyway, moving on real quick. Spring training started for baseball. And I wanted to take this time to remind everybody in the LPDS community who are Yankee fans, who are baseball fans, who know that I'm a Yankee fan. Um, and this is a this is a message to other Yankee fans who who continue to think that Brian Cashman, the GM, has got to figure it out this year, and this is where they're gonna they're gonna make their push. Okay, I, I saw a recent stat out there: the odds have the Yankees at plus eight hundred this year to win the World Series. Now I don't know who the odds makers are. It sounds like not all. It sounds like it's you know that's high, but they're like the third the third or fourth team on the list with the, the, the highest chances of winning the best odds at plus 800. Everybody else is egregiously worse. I don't know. Who, I don't know if they paid off the odds makers in Vegas or what, but I have to remind you all the Yankees signed Juan Soto And that's basically it, folks. They got Verdugo in the outfield. So now they have five outfielders, but no left fielder, really. I think they got one pitcher off the top of my head. I forgot what pitcher they might have gotten. It wasn't any of the big names that they needed. They missed out on, on the Japanese fella. They didn't even bother to offer Otani anything, which is crazy to me. 
and they still have Aaron Judge. They have Stanton, who I hope he has a good year. I want him to have a good year just to stick it to, to Cashman. But I also want him to not have a good year because then Cashman's going to take credit for like, oh, I talked crap about him and he motivated him to do better. We all know that's not the case. Um, it's, it has nothing to do with Cashman publicly dogging on his players that he signed while taking no accountability for it. So I just want to remind everybody that the Yankees basically, once again, did almost nothing in the offseason to bolster their team up to where it needs to be to be good and competitive, actually competitive. So right now, stop thinking they have a chance. Okay? If you put money, if you put 200 hours on the plus 800 odds that the Yankees will win the World Series, I will guarantee you that you lose the 200 hours at the end of the season. Unless they make real moves at the All-Star break, which we talked about last year, and they didn't do it last year either. This is, once again, your annual reminder that the Yankees continue to do nothing and run it back with the same garbage and try to play trick fuckery with their words to make us think that they're good again. And I'm a fan of the Yankees. Imagine how I feel about teams I don't like. Anyway, we'll move on to the good stuff. Yeah, we're all done with the current events. I got nothing else. I don't know what else. There's stuff going on in the world. T. Diddy is forcing sex on other male rappers, Usher and Meek Mill, all that freaky shit. Now there's stuff that there might be some underage human trafficking going on with him. So stay tuned for that. That could be some serious stuff. Otherwise, I don't know what else is going on in the news. Couldn't care less. Watch The Bachelor. It's been great. I do leadership videos on it, too. It's been cr incredible. Love The Bachelor. Love Joey. Love Jesse Palmer. All right. Let's get into the good stuff. We'll step into the cage. Okay, let's run. All right. I... By the way, I... I'm so fed up with this disgusting, shitty, snotty situation. I can't even tell you. It's a, I know it's a first world problem. I got it. Whatever. I know I'm disgusting all of you out there, and I apologize, but we got to keep the LPDS going. So I appreciate you guys bearing with me, but I am so fed up with this stupid, annoying stuff. I can't even explain it. Anyway, today's Into the Cage segment is proudly sponsored by Dickie's Disposable Handkerchiefs. Do you have a runny schnoz that won't stop, but your snot hanky is all used up, so now you have to use a stranger's sleeve to wipe your schnoz? Then get yourself some disposable hankies today. Dickie's DHDs are specially designed to be able to handle whatever thick, spunky load you throw at it without breaking. Then you simply toss it in the trash or grab another one from the pack. Never worry about used-up hankies again and get yourself a pack of Dickies today by visiting www.nosediver.com. If you use the promo code USEMEANDLOSEME, you'll get 29% off your first pack. So how convenient to have a disposable pack of handkerchiefs at your, you know, at your disposal. That would be nice. Go to Dickies now and get some. I need some. I'm out. I'm out of disposables. I'm using a, an old dish rag just to catch this garbage. I don't want to say what it is because it's so disgusting. I'm a grown man talking about this stuff. Give me a break. Anyway, the cage fact. Nick Cage, it's been announced that Nick Cage will be one of the presenters in this year's 2024 Academy Awards, the Oscars. Now, I think Hollywood movie and TV show awards these days are the worst. The worst television to watch. They stink. They mean nothing anymore. The people, most of the people there are just so full of themselves, living in such an alternate reality that it's, it's tough to be a part of. These people get paid 
to lie and pretend to be somebody else. And because they make it convincing, that's what they get paid to do. That's why they get paid the big bucks. And they think, who the hell are they? I think they're saving, they're curing cancer, saving babies. They're so disillusioned. It's, it's ridiculous to watch. So I don't usually watch it, but I will tune in when Nick Cage presents. That's it. I'm here for Cage. Nick Cage only. Nobody else. Couldn't care less. Maybe Stallone, if he was going to get an award. Schwarzenegger, maybe Joe Pesci. I'm trying to think of others. Bob De Niro's gone. He lost me several years ago when he tried to, to be a real tough guy in real life and threatened to punch Donald Trump. That's, that's what we want to see. We want to see an old orange rich man fight an old gray-haired rich man, both of both of whom never really fought in real life ever. One's a shit talker. The other gets paid to pretend to be other people. Give me a break, Bob. I love your movies, but give me a break. All right? You're not a tough guy. All right? You, you're in Hollywood. Okay? Those people these days... Most of them are the least tough in the history of America. At least back in the day, you had actors who had to go stop acting so they could go be in the war. Now, most of them not, never even seen a military uniform before, unless they play one on TV or the movies. Adam Driver might be one of the only ones off the top of my head. He's the only actor who actually served he served in the Marines. He's a real guy. He's a real dude. But I will watch it for Nick Cage. Anyway, that's the Cage fact. Moving on over to the junction, spin the logo up. Now, I want to caveat all this that I'm not talking about this subject or this situation to make this about me whatsoever. Okay. I, there's, I don't know what else I can say or do to to prove that, but this has nothing to do with me. I This is not a, oh, sorry, I feel bad for you, tension, sympathy, blah, 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 sorry for your loss. Well, no, none of that. I want none of that. I don't expect it. I don't want any comments. I don't want any text messages. This is not about me. This is hopefully... Hopefully, I can communicate this situation effectively enough to be a lesson for everybody out there um, to, to, to essentially learn, grow, and improve, be better. Okay, let's, let's try to take the lesson out of this. This is not about me at all. The second, the second sort of portion of the junction is, gets me a little fired up, and it's probably my ego, and I'll get into that. Um, and I'm trying to hopefully serve that as a lesson as well. Um, with that, last week or whenever you're watching this, before this recording, uh, a lot of a lot of my friends and a lot of people who who listen to this show uh, knew this person, but uh, we lost a we lost a friend and a buddy who we played baseball with in college. We lost him. He was, you know, early 30s. I don't know if it was alcoholism or what, but essentially drank a lot, didn't wake up the next morning. 30-something years old. He was living, living with his grandmother, taking care of her while she was getting, she was sick with cancer. And they, they, they said it wasn't a suicide. And I believe that it wasn't a direct suicide. But I do believe that this, this poor bastard did kill himself on purpose, but through his depression and alcoholism and 
and trying to fix things and figure it all out him by himself. Now, I'm not going to mention any names. I'm not going to mention any names uh, or get into too many details about this because it's not fair to them. Again, this is not about anything like that. Um, but this is this is a this is a case we've all seen before in our lives. Whether we knew people like this, um, we were people like this, we still are people like this. Um, whatever. This is a case where we had a we had a a tough kid. Okay, I, I played ball with him in college. He was a tough kid, and he had to watch his mother die of cancer right in front of him. And no matter what he did to help, he ran charity events. He's he 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 took extra jobs so he can fund her her treatments and stuff. He's always there for her. The family was there for her. No matter what he did. Cancer took her too early. And he got depressed from it, like I would imagine most of us would. And and he he must have had, and this is just speculation at this point. I don't know. I'm just just based on knowing this guy for so long and and talking to him pretty regularly. You know, he was helping me out a little bit with the LPDS because he knew a lot about audio and video tech stuff. So we used to talk pretty regularly, and he he would help me out, figure out my problems for me, uh, so I can fix it and and not be a complete jabroni on here. So just based on what I you know how well I knew him and my experience with him, he was a tough kid who I he didn't want his problems to be other people's problems, and I one hundred percent understand that feeling, that sentiment. So instead of telling people how he was feeling, what his issues were, talking it out to get help, he internalized it, okay? And he sought help other places. And it seemed like he sought help through booze and uh, and isolation. And I guess it just got the best of him. So while, again, he didn't commit suicide, he... That's what happened. Okay. And and the message here is A, get help. Okay. If if you're feeling like my problems are are nobody else's and I don't want to put this on other people and I and I don't want to tell my friends that I'm going through issues and I need help because I'm worried they're going to think less of me or they're not going to be my friends anymore, this and that. Look, I know it's easier said than done because I've been there before. But if you think that legitimately that your friends are going to judge you or not be your friends anymore because you reached out to them for help for your for, for issues... Or you think that they're going to think the issue is not real or too too minuscule? Um, they're not your friends, okay? If you legitimately think that, if they've given you actual reason to believe that, they're not your friends, okay? No good friend should ever make somebody feel that way legitimately. Now, on the other side of that, I have some of the best friends known to man. And I still get that feeling initially, that initial emotion. It's not logic. It's it's feeling of I have a problem going on, but my friends also have problems. And some of my friends have to deal with a lot more shit than I have to deal with. So why would I waste their time dumping my shit on there? My problems should not be their problems. So I get that. I get that sentiment. I understand it. But that's why the first message is, no matter what, talk to somebody. No matter how bad you're feeling, try to talk. Just let somebody know. The second message and lesson, hopefully, in all this is 
to reach out to your friends. And I've and I've and I've discussed this on this episode on this podcast before. And I and I don't care that it's like a repeat topic or episode or whatever you want to call it because it's important. Reach out to your friends. You know, we all know, based on how we approach our problems for the most part, that your friends are dealing with shit that they're not going to tell you about. And sometimes you kind of have to pry. And then if you want them to actually feel comfortable coming to you with issues, when they finally do tell you something, you be there for them. There's no judgment. There's no demeaning. There's no telling them, no, that's not a problem. Grow up, be a man, toughen up. Be there for them. And, and sometimes that means, you know, what they might perceive as tattletaling on them or ratting them out, but sometimes it means calling up somebody else to get them professional medical attention. I had to do that one time with somebody who was a friend, and she texted a, a message that was very obvious, a, a serious thought and plan to commit suicide. And I wasn't physically close to her. I was, you know, geographically separated. And I called people, leadership, medical professionals, whatever, and told them, like, I am worried. We you gotta inter we gotta intervene. And she hated me. She hated me for it for months. And then about a year later, I got a text message from her out of the blue. And all it said was. Thanks for what you did. So sometimes it takes that. Sometimes you just got to be there to listen. Sometimes the shoulder to cry on or to vent to or to or to let somebody rant or do whatever and 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 not feel demeaned for it or judged for it is all it takes to get them going in the right direction again. So be there for your friends. Reach out to them. Under Know your friends' social cues when they're acting maybe a little different. And I gave some examples in a previous episode I'll do it again, but don't feel embarrassed. Like, you can make a joke about it. You can make light about it to them. Like, hey, I know you're not going to be, you know, hurt yourself, but you seemed a little off recently. Everything good? And it lets them know that you're paying attention to them. And again, sometimes that is all it takes. Sometimes it takes more, but sometimes just the fact that they know, like, oh, I didn't say anything to this person. I didn't do anything, and they notice something off, and that means a lot when people notice that and they can and and they reach out for it. It means a lot sometimes, and again, and again, sometimes that's all it takes to get people revectored. And I sat the past several days going back and Monday morning quarterbacking my friendship with this guy. And I feel feeling guilty because there was, there was opportunities. I thought I missed looking back again, looking back and rehashing and, and going through that again of like, Oh, what if we, you know, we were at alumni weekend. You know, that, Everybody who listens to this show regularly knows that we had our college baseball alumni weekend. This guy lived in that town. And the chance to go hang out with him or for him to hang out with us told us, no, I couldn't. I can't. I can't today. I got to take care of my grandma. Um, and something seemed off to me there. And not because I was not because I think he was a liar. 
uh, and a, and just didn't and wanted to be you know be a flake. But I also know that my family has taken care of our grandparents when they're sick before, um, and I know when it's a situation where you have to stay home and take care of them, and I know when the situations were when you could go out to dinner or lunch or something and know that they're going to be fine and you can come back and everything's going to be hunky-dory. Um, and in this instance, something seemed off. And I felt guilty initially thinking back now, man, we should have just drove to his house and forced our friendship on him because maybe he would have opened up. Maybe he said no because he was hiding the fact that he was dealing with these problems and didn't want to be seen out deal, you know, in the midst of it all. I don't know. Uh, I, that's not a good thing to do for people when you lose a loved one to, to kind of go back and, and find where you messed up. It's not healthy. I don't recommend it. Um, but I do know that what would help to kind of alleviate that a little bit is to be there for your friends and, and take the opportunities to hang out with them talk to them, spend time with them, have a text conversation with them, anything. It doesn't have to be anything in particular. It could just be if someone reaches out and wants to hang out and they're your true friend or they just want to talk or they just want to text back and forth for a little bit and you think to yourself, oh, I just had a long day at work. I got to feed the kids and help my wife out or my husband out and I got to go work out. I just really don't want to do this. Uh do it. Okay. I'm telling you, do it. Because you don't want to live with that guilt. You don't want to live with that second guessing hindsight. What if I just did this and I would have had the one more chance to hang out with that person or speak with that person or whatever it is. Um, you don't just do it. Okay. It's, it sounds crazy. It's, it's a lot tougher to do in, in, in the moment. Uh, but, but do it. Uh, our brother, LPDS brother, and recurring guest, Bonji, Brandon, he hit me up. It was the middle of a work day, and he hit me up and he said, hey, I have a trip tomorrow. The trip leaves out of Houston in the morning. I want to come down to Houston today to hang out with you. No, no prior planning ahead of time. He has the ability to do that because of his job allows him to travel like that, which is great. Um, and on paper, it's great for me too because I get to see him whenever he wants to come hang out. And it was the first day of my new diet and workout plan. So I planned to throughout the day and when I was going to eat, when I was going to work out, all this other stuff. And he just drops this bomb on me. I'm going to come down and hang out if you're cool with it. And I, and I thought, I think I told him, I, I wanted to tell him if I didn't, I think I'm pretty sure I told him, look, if it was anybody else, I would have made up an excuse that I was busy and couldn't do it because when I get into something like that, a workout plan, a new diet, I become obsessed. You know me, I get into it hardcore and I don't want my schedule bothered, my routine and my regimen bothered so I can get the most out of it. Um, and I couldn't be happier that my schedule and plan were bothered. Because we went out, we had some dinner, we had some drinks, we had some good times. We went out for breakfast the next day before we flew out. It was great. And it was that morning that we found out about our friend. And it was like, it was almost as if God himself was slapping me upside the head for even thinking about not wanting to hang out with my best friends. He's like, see? See what happens when you miss these opportunities? So, which brings me to my next lesson, and it's a little bit more frustrating for me. I made a post on the Instagrams that my brother came into town, and it was in the wake of our losing our friend, and I, and I said, you know, don't, you know, don't miss that opportunity to spend time with the people important to you. If you have the opportunity, take it because you never know when they're going to be gone. And I believe that firmly. 
and I had a and I had a friend uh, come back with some sarcastic response to me. Basically, it was passive aggressive. He pretended that it was aggressive, or he pretended he was being direct, but it was a passive aggressive like it's something like, "I completely agree with this advice." Thumbs up. And it was really a passive aggressive jab because I was home in New Jersey for two and a half months. And this person lives up there. And I'm not going to mention any names. He doesn't listen to the show anyway, so it doesn't matter. Um, and we never got a chance to hang out. And again, once again, the guilt kind of set in like, shit, this guy's right, blah, blah, blah. And then I went back and I took inventory of the whole situation. And I and I tried to do this from as objective outside perspective as possible to kind of drop my ego on this instead of blaming them and, and taking some responsibility. Now, obviously, I have some responsibility. I'm single. I don't have a family. I could have driven. Oh, it's a lot easier for me logistically to drive over to him than it is for him to either get a sitter or ask his wife to come home from work, then watch the kids for us to hang out and all this other stuff. So I understand that. Um, but then I started to take inventory of our entire relationship. Okay. And this has been the same cookie cutter situation forever with this particular person. It's minimum communication the day before I leave for anything, I get a guilt trip message like, thanks for hanging out. Good to see you again, best pal, or something like that. No no accountability whatsoever on the other side, and that's it. And it's all left on me for being the single guy with no family and kids to figure it out. Even though I also worked a full-time job, and I was there to help my family. I didn't see anybody. I saw one person not part of my family the entire two and a half months. And it was a discussion we were having about our finances because he's my money guy. We just happened to do it over breakfast. So my second message is, if you're a true friend, you won't take those passive aggressive jabs to dog on your friends for, for missing opportunities. Okay. As an individual, we want to take as many of those opportunities as possible. Just like I said, that's lesson one. Don't miss out on those opportunities. But if you do, make sure you have the reasons you're communicating out to your other other folks, whatever. Got it. But don't be that asshole that doesn't take accountability and then tries to guilt trip you for being a piece of shit. And again, this is probably my ego talking and I'm, and I'm angry and I'm heated and I'm pumped up for all, full of allergy meds right now and I'm still bummed about losing my friend and feeling guilty about that. But that, like, it just, got, it just got me so annoyed that instead of just seeing like my stupid Instagram post for what it was, just using that as your avenue to be a shitbag and an asshole... That shit does not help, okay? That's not something a real friend actually does, okay? And if this guy listens to this episode in the in the the crazy uh you know lottery scenario where he actually tunes in and listens to this and feels slighted by any by any of this, feel slighted, okay? And if you want to talk about it man to man, let me know because I have no problem talking about this to this person's face. If they bring it up and want to call me out for it, I'll do it. But it takes two to tango. Okay? If I'm the piece of shit who had every opportunity and missed it to hang out with somebody I felt was important in my life and I love, that's on me 100%. I'll wear that all day, every day. And I and I think I'm pretty good at, at, at saying that and, and holding myself accountable to that. You can ask my friends and family when I wear shit like that. In fact, I think I wear shit that's not always my fault a lot, too, For in some cases. But when it takes two to tango, when it's only one person trying and failing, that's what I did. I failed, and I understand that. 
but there was no effort on the other side besides a snide remark and a shit talk. Be Grow up, okay? Grow up. You be a man and take some fucking accountability for your own actions, okay? And the message here is don't pull that shit with your friends, okay? You want to know why we feel compelled to withhold information and not tell our problems to people? It's because of people like that that make you feel uncomfortable being yourself and opening up to them. Why would I want to go hang out with a person like that who makes you feel like shit for trying and failing at something? And then also saying so. I messed up. We had one opportunity to hang out, and I messed up. I didn't schedule my day appropriately enough, and I screwed up, and I missed the opportunity, and I said so. Hey, that's on me. And the response was this reaction. So my message to all you guys is, the second message here is don't be that asshole to your friends, okay? You want them to open up to you. You want them to feel comfortable around you. You want to cultivate a relationship or friendship built on trust and safety and helping each other grow and prosper and be happy together and, and help each other get out of problems and situations. Don't be that asshole, okay? Don't be the piece of shit that finds the opportunity to take the dig and the jab as opposed to taking a little step back, an LPDS step back and assessing the situation and, and having some empathy and understanding. Because my, and again, this is probably my ego and this is something I need to work through in the, on the maturity side of, of my life. But my motivation to go try to find time to hang out with that person again went went right down to the shitter. Because I know, no matter what I do now, if I if I even step foot in the state of New Jersey, I'm gonna get the guilt trip again. And I don't. Why do you want to be friends with those kind of people? If you're doing that to your friends, you're not a good friend. Okay. So the two messages of the junction today. Be a good friend. Take, take the opportunities you can to spend the time with your loved ones, to have the conversations with your loved ones, to reach out to your loved ones, to see how they're doing, and to force yourself on your loved ones when you think there's an actual problem and they're, and they're withholding. Because in the long run... I'd rather have a friend be pissed at me for six months to a year for forcing myself on them or intervening in a situation I thought they needed help and they weren't getting it and they were, something bad was going to happen. I'd rather them be pissed at me for that than to not be here. And that's, that is a, that's a guilty feeling that I'm having a hard time getting past and I know logically it doesn't make sense because I didn't, I didn't cause this issue with my friend, but I, that's just I think it's just a natural thing to feel. It's like, man, I wish we drove over to his grandma's house and just forced our way to be friends with him and to find out what's going on. Maybe he would still be around. I, you know, it's it's uh, it sucks. And second message is don't be a shitty person to the people you call friends and family, okay? I don't take those words lightly. I think most of you who, who know me in real life know that, okay? There are people who are my blood who I don't consider family. The people I consider friends and family, though, absolutely unequivocally know how important they are to me. And I try to do everything I can at any opportunity I can to be there for them and to be that friend and family member for them. I don't take those words lightly. So if if you want to be a good friend and family member, don't be an asshole to your friends and family like that. You want to shit talk and joke around, obviously, and roast each other. That's to me, that's a mark of, you know, that's the hallmark of a great friendship where you can you can roast each other and laugh and and have a good time. 
But when you when you do it day in and day out for years in a serious way, and you never take accountability for yourself and your and your you know your portion, your effort in the friendship, that's a recipe for disaster. So this is a this is a wild episode. That's all I got, by the way. This is a wild episode because I am in shambles allergy wise, and I'm I feel terrible that you have to sit here and listen to me hawk up loogies and do whatever and sound stupid and look stupid. But my psychotic dedication to the LPDS was preventing me from not record. I I, I wanted to put a message and be like, hey. The episode is going to be late this week. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. So I apologize up front, but I hope you at least understand why. And then we talked about this shit, a lot of negative stuff. So I hope you guys took some positivity out of all this. Um, and I and I hope I effectively communicated to everybody that this is not, I don't want this to be about me. This never was about me. Like, woe is me. I'm so sad about my friend and this and that. No, it's not for that. I don't want to hear about that. I don't want to hear any comments. Sorry about your friend. I, I understand. I appreciate it, but it's, I don't, that's not what I'm, that's not what I'm here for. That's not what this was about. I'm hoping everybody got something positive out of this and will to take inventory in their own relationships with the people that they love and they call friends and family and uh and whatever they have to do if they if they need to improve that relationship they have to go take the opportunity and do that so that's hope what I, that's that's what i hope you guys got out of it before we go though really quick the big 3 the three pillars to staying strong and being a better happier kinder healthier more genuine human being and spreading that goodness and positivity all around number 1 exercise every day no matter what do at least one thing every day for your physical, mental, or emotional fitness and health and wellness. So whether it's actually physically working out, going for a run, work, you know, going to the gym, doing calisthenics in your house, doing J.O., whatever, or if it's a mental workout to go reading books, doing a crossword, taking on a new hobby, or if it's an emotional workout, praying, breath work, meditation, talking to a therapist, talking to your friends, venting it and getting shit out there. Do one thing every day to improve your mental, physical, and emotional health and wellness. Number two, the hardest one to do, don't be a shitty person. Be a kind person. When the opportunity arises to be shitty and negative, even if you think the person deserves it, take that LPDS step back and just omit yourself from the situation so you can go focus on more positive, productive things. I almost, I found myself in that exact situation with this guy I was talking about because he put his comments in public. Not to me directly, but in public. And first I responded with like a lighthearted, ha ha, you got me, whatever. Um, and then he, and then he doubled down and I just ignored it. I want, I was ready to fire off because I'm, I'm in war right now. So I was already, I'm just, any, anybody coming at me is at risk to get it. You're just at risk to, to get. So I, I was ready to fire off this diatribe of, you know, you're a hypocrite. You're this, you're that, fuck you. Blah, 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 blah. I just put the phone down. I just put the phone down because I knew nothing good was going to happen. I went and I knocked out some push-ups. And then Randy jumped on top of my back. And I felt, I felt better after that. And I also sneezed 15 times. And I forgot about what I was even angry at. Um, so it's tough. I'm, I'm saying that because it's tough. I was right there. I had the thing typed out and ready to send. Take the step back. Remove yourself. Minimize the negativity in those situations and in the world and allow yourself the capacity to go focus on more positive, productive shit in your lives. Okay. Number three, the most important one. And sometimes 
the universe gives you the harsh reminder of this. The most important one, be genuinely thankful and grateful for all the good you have in your lives. Because you never know when it's going to be gone. I know you guys think to yourselves, only because I do this on a regular basis, like I, I have tomorrow. I'm healthy. I got a roof over my head. I have tomorrow. And then the universe takes that away from you in some way, shape, or form. Whether it's you or a loved one or another good thing in your life, it's just gone. And tomorrow is not there for you and that thing, you and that person, you and that situation. For no reason, there's no logical reason whatsoever. Sometimes you can plan that stuff out, but most times you can't. So instead of taking things for granted, think just think about how shitty your life would be without that all the good stuff you have, all the good people you have in your lives. And that will put you in that state of gratitude. Okay? And when you're in that state of gratitude and feeling good, you'll be a lot less likely to be a shitty person. You'll be, it'll be a lot easier to remove yourself from negative situations. And then you can go focus on exercising, going, getting a workout in, doing whatever. And right then and there, that's the big three for the day. And you do all those three things at least once every day, each and every day, I promise you, I promise you, you will be a better, happier kinder, healthier, more genuine human being, and you'll be able to spread that positivity and goodness throughout the land. But you got to do it. You have to do it every day. Okay? You can't just talk about it. You got to do it. So that's all I got today, guys. Thank you again for tuning in. Don't forget to like, subscribe, follow, put the, put the push notifications on, tell your friends and enemies, hit that hotline 202-670-1114. I'm trying to figure out how to do like a live hotline situation where I'll just post an announcement on social media like, hey, I'm going to record this week's episode at this time on this day. So call in the hotline then and I'll put you on or we'll schedule a call with people. I don't know. I'll figure it out, but I'll let you guys know. We'll try to make it happen. That'd be fun. But call the hotline 202-670-1114. Thank you guys again. I love you all. Stay strong.